How's it going, everybody? Welcome to the Kingdom Link Podcast. I am your host, David Gill. I am so excited that you are here listening to this next episode that we have for you today. It is on an awesome topic. Every minister, every preacher will need to hear this lesson today. Today, we're going to talk to you about sermon preparation. Oh, man, I can't wait for this. The ins and outs of sermon preparation. Now, just a side notice, you know, we don't have all the answers. We don't have all knowledge and all wisdom. This is just Dad and I's own personal ways that we study, that we prepare for our sermons, and uh, we just feel like these are some tips and tricks that can really, you know, help somebody. Right. You know, maybe you're having a hard time preparing your sermons. Maybe you want to try something new, do something different. Well, here are some tips and uh, ideas that maybe you can try. Well, we are excited about being here. Uh, first of all, this topic is one that was suggested by one of our listeners. And so we're, we're thankful for that. If you've got something you'd like for us to talk about, get in touch with us. We'd love to hear from you. And uh, uh, we thank you so very much for subscribing and uh, promoting our podcast through sharing our links and things of that nature. We really we want to thank you. Last podcast with Brother Carol mm-hmm. hit some all-time high marks. Absolutely. And we appreciate you being a part of that. And uh, definitely, if you would leave a review on our yes. podcast systems, that helps us get the word out. That yes. helps us reach more people. And we just want to see God do what He wants to do through this podcast. And Absolutely. it's going to be with y'all's help. So we're really thankful for what you're doing. Keep it up. We love y'all. We've been getting some feedback and reviews from some of y'all. We greatly appreciate them. Such kind words have been sent to Dad and I, and we just really appreciate that. And we want to just also make this disclaimer. We're running a little late on this podcast, and it's all my fault. It's Blame him. <laughs> Get the pitchforks ready. I, I hurt my back, and I was totally out of commission for several days. And so we missed our scheduled time to uh, prepare for this. So we're running just a little bit late, and we hope that uh, you'll let us ride on that. And and another thing about uh, Kingdom Link Podcast, why are we here? We're here to connect generational leaders and ministries. And uh, um, I am uh, Tim W. Gill with David Gill. Um, I'm a... Uh, a senior pastor, David is a youth minister, and uh, we are coming from two different aspects of life. Even though we're related, we have so many different views and different things, and we want to bring it together to glorify God. So today, sermon preparation, sermon preparation. I, I, I first would like to just simply say what a tremendous topic, and uh, there's a lot of great resources out there. There it, is no time to be a preacher like today. That's exactly right. I w- I'll tell you, I just watched today a little bit, and I want to give uh, Pastor Matthew Ball a little bit of a heads up. Go to his YouTube page, Matthew D. Ball, and Absolutely. You, will, you will find uh, some great uh, speakers talking about this topic. Mm-hmm. And there's other places you can go to talk about sermon preparation. But today, last last lesson we talked about, last episode we talked about uh, hermeneutics. This is really about homiletics. Sermon delivery, right? And so that's going to talk about that. Uh, let's let's begin with this really important part. <laughs> the number one thing. <laughs> the number one thing is that we are 
we're going to make sure that everybody understands everything starts with prayer. Absolutely. We do not want to, in any way, in what we say, are we discounting prayer? Every sermon, every message, everything in life. Pretty well goes without saying. It, it, <laughs> it, if we don't have the Holy Ghost anointing upon what we're doing, then no amount of good tricks and tips and, right. and, and hints will not work. So mm-hmm. let's begin there. And uh, for me, I, I I think that it goes with your your type of message and your type of sermon begins with the way you study God's Word. Right. And how you study that. Right. I'm not talking about uh, necessarily uh, last lesson or last episode, mm-hmm. but I'm talking about if we don't eat the Word as a man of God, we cannot share the Word. We've got to eat the book. Right. And David, there is a, 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 you know, debates talking about, I hear people talking about, you need to make sure as a minister that your studying for a sermon does not surpass your study for your own individual devotion. I have a little different approach to that. In my life, this is the way that I've been able to, to work this out, is that I think they're one and the same. Absolutely. Because I study to know God. Well, and I think part Partly how that is, it's also the role in which you lead, mm-hmm. because you as a full-time head pastor, that's it's your job. Mm-hmm. It's, it's what you do every Sunday and every midweek, you're preaching the Word. So your personal and sermon prep is all in the same. Whereas someone in my shoes, uh, they are, I want to say they're separate, but not at the same time. Yes, sir. And what I mean by that is, you know, I'm not on regular rotation to preach. Mm-hmm. I'm on, I'm on ready to call preach. <laughs> I'm on tagging. Ready preach. or not, Here exactly. Hence, last Sunday, last, last Sunday. down on my back. Yeah, man, you got to go to the podcast, MPC uh, Medora Pentecostal Church, our podcast, and listen to the message that, that David delivered last Sunday. It should be up real soon, and uh, it'll be a blessing to you. It was a blessing to me. The scent of sacrifice, great word. Well, and with that, it's when I'm preparing for a sermon that not just what I'm preparing for, but it's other things that I pick up while I'm studying and while I'm reading the scripture that mm-hmm. catches my eye. And so I make sure I got to write that down. I got to study that later. Mm-hmm. What's going on in this sense? It doesn't tie into necessarily what I'm preaching or what I'm studying for right now, but I'm definitely going to go back to that once I'm done with this sermon right. and study that and see what that happens. And it seems like that's always happening that when I'm preparing for my sermon or whatever it is, my devotional, whatever that I'm going to get probably four to five different things <laughs> that I'm going to be like, I need to look that up because that's I'll awesome. Study. Yes, sir. And so I think that's when it comes into, they're kind of different, but kind of the same at the same time. Well, and, and I believe that every station of life for a minister, let's just take an evangelist who's preaching multiple nights a week. Right. And uh, I know that we evangelized for six years and I understand that that took a little different study time. Um, as a as a as a senior pastor in ministering the majority of the time, um, it takes a little different type of study. Right. But I think if the goal is, I want to be like Paul said that I may I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge mm. of Christ Jesus my Lord. And he said everything else I count as done. If everything in life is meant to be on a path of discipleship and relationship with God then the sermon that comes out of that comes out of your life. Right, 
right. comes out of your experience. Well, and it's also to the point where whatever you're preaching, you should be practicing already. Yes. Uh, a, a preacher should not, I say should not, get up behind the pulpit and preach on prayer and having a prayer life if he does not have one himself. Yes, sir. He should not preach on something like standards if he does not have standards himself. And that's where it comes into personal practice before yes. preaching. Yes. You need to practice before you preach. And that's that's my personal opinion that I think that what in whatever you do, yes, that you have that relationship with God before you ever step behind a pulpit. Yes, sir. It's it's a tested relationship. It's not something that you can just walk behind a pulpit and then you're good to go. You can just do whatever you want. Mm-hmm. But it's a day in and day out. You're constantly meeting and talking to God yes. and having that daily relationship with Him. And I think it also uh, being uh, here at Kingdom Link where we bridge the gap and we talk about linking uh, generational leaders, a young man that ministers the gospel has such great fervent and passion mm-hmm. and things that, that he experiences right off the bat. But also I've seen that when I can't really talk about somebody dying until I've seen them die. Right. I haven't experienced that yet. And when I had, had not experienced it, I couldn't, I would do a f- funeral, mm-hmm. but after, um, particularly after my dad died. Right. It was a total different way that I approached funerals mm-hmm. because I experienced it. Well, I, I'm just using that as an example is that we preach ourselves. Absolutely. Through our experiences. And I think that's something that I've seen not really come across a lot of times. Like you gave the instance of funerals. My instance is this year, uh, you were actually gone for Father's Day. Mm-hmm. Well, you've asked me to preach. Most of y'all probably know I'm not a dad. <laughs> and so... Mm, I, not yet. I didn't have a hat in the <laughs> ring. Yeah, not, not yet. I didn't have a hat in the ring for that. So I can't go be telling fathers, you should be doing this, you should be yeah. doing that. Yeah. I, I have no say in that matter. Yeah. Like, I don't know how pastors do it on Mother's Day because <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't work. But... It's in that instance where you've experienced it, and then that's why you can have something to say. Yeah. And, and I think preaching your experience and preaching your life is a part of what you live. It's, it's coming out. I've lived this part of faith, so I can preach that part It's of that faith. human connection. Yes. Yes, it's that. And so uh, I think the first thing that we wanted to address is don't be afraid of different study habits for different periods of your time. Mm-hmm. Just... Find what really is God saying in your life at this point in time. And uh, so th- that to me is like a first thing. Mm-hmm. The second thing is know your gift. Right. Know what God has given to you. There's a scripture, mm-hmm. I use it quite frequently, and you can go back on this podcast and you can find it. I've li- listed it time and time again. It's one of my favorite, Genesis 1 and 12, where it talks about is that whose seed was in itself. Right. We can pray, okay, God... Give me a table, and what he gives us is a tree. Mm-hmm. We make the table. Right. We can pray, oh, God, give me a great sermon, mm-hmm. and he gives us his word. Right. And we have to, we have to work on that and mm-hmm. craft it and hone that skill, hone our gift. Right. If, 
if you're, I've watched people that have become better and improve as, as time goes on. And that's such an awesome, awesome thing. That's how thing. it should be. Um, in, in preparing for our podcast, I come across, I think it is, I'll have to ask you in my notes and my files, your very first message notes on that you preached on holiness. Yeah, I did. Uh-huh. And, 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 and I want to say... Uh, what kind compare, of guts is that? <laughs> would you I'm going to come out the gate with holiness. <laughs> yes. Uh-huh. I remember when you come to me and said, Dad, oh, first of all, you've been called to preach and had felt it for a good while. And you said, I, I want to talk to the men. We were going to have a meeting with the men on, on holiness. We were teaching I, a series. I felt so bad for them. <laughs> like, looking back now, you know, it's like... <laughs> but it was... <laughs> it's, it's that thing where it's like... Do you know what you're talking about? <laughs> no, but that to me was it was such so wonderful that you had the passion to get out there. But my point is, your sermon notes from there and your your presentation on Sunday dramatically different. Right as as you improve and and and, and life, you get better mm-hmm. and you get better. But I've watched people just simply try to mimic somebody else's gift. That that's. It's wrong. Yeah. It's and, wrong. Or you could hear those cookie cutter people that well, have been listening to the most popular, you know, I can, I can, I can <laughs> tell you if, if there is an apostolic Stephen Furtick out there, mm-hmm. you know, that's really trying to be our TD Jakes or somebody like that. Well, I just and say, then, then there's those guys that literally get their sermons off the internet. <laughs> we won't go down yeah, that road. No, but it happens. <laughs> it does. However, I think that's selling yourself short. I think when you try to mimic somebody, yeah. And I've had to learn this because let me be honest with our listeners right now. You, 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 there are amazing men of God that are amazing preachers, but have you had all of them in your family? It seems like <laughs> I've had Fred Gill in my family, Bishop Walls in my family, and Tim Gill in my family. That's not fair. <laughs> and so and through that, I've listened to all of their sermons, and I'm like, that's what I want to be like. Yeah. It took me some time to realize I wasn't called to be like that. Right. And so the way you preach, Dad, it doesn't work for me. That's right. The, ray, the way Papa preaches doesn't work for me. The way Grandpa preached doesn't work for me. No. I've had to learn how to become my own person. Now, at the beginning, I, I would try to mimic because sure. that's all I would see. I, I've not had those experiences. I've not had the ability nor the time to really know how to dive deep into the Bible. Yeah. But now in my life, I know what works for me. I know how and that's a, how I preach and how I study to be me. I'm, I'm not yeah. trying to be anybody else. And that's a huge, huge lesson is learning to be yourself. Absolutely. And learning to be just like you. I... I I can appreciate a guy who who studies and prays and is just himself, mm-hmm. just being yourself. Well, well, that's what I mean by Genesis one and twelve, right? Whose seed is in itself. Mm-hmm. You can't be me. I can't be you. I can't be anybody else. But the best, uh, Tim Gill Absolutely. that God made. Now, one thing I do want to point out, and this is some things that I have done. I have been. I had the honor and ability to listen to all sorts of different preachers and teachers. Mm-hmm. Now, I have picked up certain things that they have done, and I've noticed sure. that did work for me and incorporate it in the way I do things. I put my own twist yeah. on it, sure, but I incorporated it. It's not that I'm trying to mimic them. 
Completely. True. It's that I've seen things that I say, I like that. That will and work with me. That will work with the way that I work. Absolutely. And so there's no, there's nothing wrong about that. It's all about being who you are and bettering yourself Yeah. in that sense. Well, I think when a person becomes a parrot preacher, they're preaching from the brain. And as one man said, when you preach from the, the mind, you only hit the mind. But when mm-hmm. you preach from the heart... Right. You hit the heart. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I think that that's very important. So so we learned about study a little bit. I want to talk a little bit more about that later. And we've also talked about knowing our gift being, if we can't be real with who we are, it won't be real in our message when it comes across. And nothing <laughs> dies harder than a fake, plasticky message. Mm-hmm. I'll be honest. <laughs> and know. people can rec- they can see that right off. And I think a lot of preachers sometimes think that, and I say this, I'm trying to be lovingly, they think their congregation's dumb. Yeah. The the people are smarter than, they can feel that. Yes. The people in the seats have the Holy Ghost. They can feel if God's connected to the message or not. And then that also goes back if you were raised in a church where there was a Bishop Walls, a, a yeah. Elder Gill, and uh, the church can know. Church, let me tell you, the church knows. <laughs> we've been here for a while. We've seen some things. The, uh, let, let me give one funny story, <laughs> and that's this is just a for instance. Could you imagine walking, being an evangelist, coming to Medora Pentecostal Church with? theologians, as in Bishop Walls, you, and Grandpa, and coming and trying to preach, like, the oneness of God or holiness and just totally flop? Like, could you imagine just, like, the silence? (laughs) I can't. Uh, I've actually seen something like that happen before. (laughs) Uh, Bless bless their heart. It may may have even been me. I don't know. (laughs) Bless their heart. Oh, my goodness. Be yourself. If you'll be yourself. That's the only way this is going to work. Uh, yes, God called you for you. Absolutely. Learn from others, grow from others, study other preaching, study uh, the life, their character, and that will help. Let's go to the next thing I want to talk about is that I think makes a good sermon preparation, and that is know your audience. Absolutely. I can't stress no. this oh, enough. Yeah, it's, it's a big one. This is, this is a pet peeve of mine, kind of. It's because... I've been to too many things like conferences or youth meetings that yeah. I was sitting there. I said, this message is not for the people. Yeah. I can't tell you. I was, I went to a youth meeting one time and the preacher, it preached a phenomenal message. Yeah. But it was not for the right congregation. Yeah. It was not, you know, it just was didn't it over work. Was it their heads or just didn't connect? It didn't connect. Okay. As in, I feel like it could have. It didn't yeah. go over their heads. They knew what the man was talking about. They knew what he was preaching about. Yeah. It just wasn't the right congregation. And yeah. so that's where I feel like, and that comes through experience. That comes through knowing and mm-hmm. going and doing that. Right. It's it's having preached at those different, you know, congregations. Right. The, those different people. That's that experience that helps with that. Yeah. Like, you're not going to preach at a nursing home the same way you do you know, Sunday night at your local church. True. You're not going to preach at your local church like you do uh, a church you're visiting. Yes. You know, there's yeah. there's so many different instances, and I feel like a lot of that comes through experience. I think that uh, one thing that always troubled me in seeing uh, the attempt to impress, I mean, 
I've, I've watched it here. We've had guests that have come here for a youth service, and they preach the encyclopedia. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. And it's not just that the kids don't get it. It's that it was over their heads, and it was way too long. Mm-hmm. And so what happens is that that guy wasted his time yeah. in really reaching the heart. Know your audience. Know who you're talking to. Right, right. And I think that should go into the sermon preparation. I, I, I'm getting prepared here for a Sunday. Mm-hmm. I'm expecting uh, our family, church family here, but also guests. Absolutely. I'm expecting them to be here. And I want to make sure that I'm not just preaching with church speak. Absolutely. Know your audience. Absolutely. Know who you're talking to. Well, and whenever I... And this is a personal thing that I do, or at least I try to do. Let me say that. When I preach to our young people, when I'm doing Sunday school, whatever, I'm going out and I preach to you know other youth groups or I'm doing a youth service, youth revival, whatever. Mm-hmm. One thing that I do, I use the ESV when I read it. Mm-hmm. As in, you know, a lot of preachers, they'll read their texts and mm-hmm. then having texts throughout their sermon. I use the ESV. Why? I feel like it's easier for young people to understand. Mm-hmm. It gets the point across in that sense. Mm-hmm. That's one thing that I picked up because sometimes kids can get lost in the these and thous and haths and whatever, you know, that's in the King James. Well, if I can break it down for them to understand it, mm-hmm. then I'm going to do that because I don't want to preach to a dead room, you know? True. And so whatever happens, and that's just some things, you know, it doesn't work for all of them. You know, like our youth group, <laughs> I mean, they're under you as a pastor, so they can understand, you know, the King James Version. But yeah. I feel like that's a good basis. You know, that's just like a little trick, you know, tip that I do for youth groups. Sure. And I, I think that that is very important. Mm-hmm. And, uh, um, and, and, it, and it's knowing your audience, right. who you're trying to reach. Well, and, and it and, goes to like certain instances, like you don't want to go to a nursing home and preach how bad social media is. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like it doesn't work. Right. You know, and so you need to really understand. And that's where people are like, well, God gave me the sermon for this instance. Okay. You know, if God really. If God gave you that sermon for that instance, then he also gave you that sermon for those people. Absolutely. And if you preach that sermon to those people and they miss it, Mm -hmm. who's at fault? Absolutely. Absolutely. It's a good point. It's it's a matter of if I'm going to deliver something, if I'm going to spend hours in sermon preparation and prayer mm-hmm. and seeking God, I want it to be effective. And I think that's really the point is that whenever you're trying to preach to your audience that what you're going to do, you speak for God. Yeah. Like, oh, let's just get that out there. Right. That you are the messenger of God. You are the voice of God to these people. That ought to be humbling. Why would you not do it with all excellency that you can? Yeah. With the ability to reach them, to really impact their lives. Sure. If you're not going to do it with excellency, you might as well not do it at all. I think if you don't know your audience... You're going to miss an opportunity to fulfill the next thing, and that is know the purpose of your message. Right, yeah. Know the purpose. And I think it breaks down into two parts. This is what I ask myself, is what is God trying to say? Mm -hmm. 
And what is God trying to do? Right. Because God doesn't waste the service. No, he, he, he wants to speak through us. Right. We're vessels. We are been given, have been given a gift mm-hmm. to, uh, to teach and preach God's word. But if I'm trying to impress with how cool and slick my message is, right. I'm probably going to miss my audience. Well, I've heard uh, one preacher say that there was a time where he was struggling so hard with himself, he had to deal with himself, because mm-hmm. he was spending on more time trying to have a catchy title yeah. for his message yeah. than he was working on the actual message. Yeah. So finally he just said, Jesus. That was the only title he would work with for <laughs> the longest time. That. <laughs> because, well, and, you know, that's a good thing that he realized that. Yeah. Because so, there's so many instances where, and I've had to deal with it myself, where I'm yeah. trying to be like, ooh, I want to be relevant. I want to be cool. You know, I want to, mm-hmm. you know, be something slick. that really slick and snazzy. Yes. But that's not what God is calling us to no. do. He's calling us to impact people. What, what do you, what do you want? What is God really wanting to say? And I've I've been guilty of this, and that is spending so many so much time on on the sermon title, on the uh, you know, the introduction. Sometimes I can spend hours on the introduction because I want the introduction to be grabby and right. catch people's attention. Mm-hmm. But in doing so, I I don't spend time on the meat. I think I think the most important part of a service. It's, it's people say that we're now coming to the preaching, which is the most important part of the service. Uh, I, I kind of disagree with that. Right. The most important part of the service is where the Word of God connects mm-hmm. with a human heart. Absolutely. What is the response? And I can't afford to be a distraction with my clever title mm-hmm. and my cute introduction right. and our joke I'm telling or something like that right. or my appearance. Hey, that's the, our next podcast. We're going to be talking about pulpit etiquette. Absolutely. Check with, it out. With, with someone that I think is an incredible, valuable voice mm-hmm. on this, You're, it's going to be good. But know your audience, then know the purpose of the message right. and build around that purpose. Right. Uh, what what is God trying to say? What is God trying to do? So I think I think it's very important to know the purpose then of the message, and uh, in that moment where where the word of God connects with someone, that's the ultimate goal of a sermon, mm-hmm. and that is to make the text truth connect and intersect Absolutely. with real life situations, and that's where that's one thing that you've really taught me while preparing for sermons, you can never, ever, 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 ever go wrong with having Scripture. Yes. Because there is nothing, no story, no uh, encounter that will ever impact someone's heart like the Word of God. That's the truth. I can... And that's something that I try to do. You know, at the beginning of sermons, I try to tell a story or do something that connects what I'm trying to preach mm-hmm. to the heart that's relatable, whatever, then nothing's going to be more relatable than the Word of God. Yes. And so <laughs> you can't go wrong with having the Word of God in your sermon. And and Paul told Timothy, preach the Word. Preach the Word. We've got, we've got a lot of different people today that are being uh, uh, motivational speakers. Yeah. Motivational speakers and things of that nature. What we mean by that is saying that there's hardly any word. There's not much word in that, mm-hmm. and just motivating through good talk. Right. And uh, just a reference here or there, but I think that a good 
message, a good sermon, needs a heavy dose of the Word of God. One of the greatest compliments I could ever get from a fellow man of God is that you're a word preacher. Absolutely. You're a word preacher. Mm-hmm. I, that's what I want to be at the, at the heart of that, because I want to do that studying to show myself approved, a workman unto God that needeth not to be shamed, rightly dividing the word Absolutely. of truth. Well, and with that, that means that to be a word preacher, you must be a word eater. Yes. So <laughs> you can't be a word preacher if you're not reading the word. Right. If you're not dissecting the word, if you're not studying the word, you cannot be a word preacher. Yes. And so that's something that you need to realize. If that's something that you want to be, which I think all preachers should try, strive to preach solely the word, yeah. you know, and that's something that you need to realize is that if I want to preach the word, I need to have the word in me. I need to eat the word, be a part of the word. You know, if I'm if I'm studying a text... Uh, say I'm going to even do a series or something like that. I'm going to study and read that text again and again and again mm-hmm. until it becomes a part of who, who I am and right. see it from every angle that I can. Mm-hmm. And uh, when, when I'm going to get into some particular things as far as me is when I go through my sermon preparation, I want you to do the same. But that scripture that says, study to show that thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth, is found in 2 Timothy 2 and 5. And we often isolate that verse because it's so powerful. Right. But if you continue what Paul's thought is in following up with that study and delivery of the word of God, he he, he says in the very next verse, avoid godless and empty talk. Mm. That's a good. That's a good preparation sermon <laughs> thought right Absolutely. there. Avoid godless and empty talk. That's in verse sixteen. Verse nineteen says, "And depart from iniquity. Mm. Mm-hmm. Depart from iniquity." I, I think that a sermon preparation begins with is that is, I've seen guys, honestly, that could not pray a lick, not open a Bible a lick, all day long, could be on the golf course. And and play eighteen holes of golf, and then step in the pulpit and tear it up, mm-hmm. and tear it up. And I'm thinking, if you had prepared, what could it be? Mm-hmm. What could that be? Absolutely. Uh, so the first thing he said was avoid godless and empty talk. Depart from iniquity. That's found in verse nineteen. Verses 20 through 21 talks about being a vessel of honor set apart for the master's use. Mm-hmm. Now, he's in the context of studying the Word. Absolutely. So the message begins with me setting myself apart. Uh, it also, in verse 22, it, it, it's where we get these, these verses. Again, connected to studying the truth. Have a pure heart. Run from youthful lust. Run to righteousness, faith, love, and peace. Mm-hmm. Verse 22 Verse 23, avoid foolish arguments because they breed strife. That's in the context. If I'm gonna, if, if you find somebody that's preparing a sermon to get back at somebody. I, this is a personal thing for me. I feel like every sermon should be uplifting. What do I mean by that? There are sermons of correction. Yeah. I, I've been in them because, you know, you have a pastor. Sometimes a pastor has to correct something in the church. You've been in there. But one thing that I've learned from you, Dad, no matter what vein or way or type that you have to preach, there is an uplifting message behind it. God's trying to do something. Absolutely. 
Yes. And it's, I've seen a lot of preachers go to step on toes. Mm-hmm. And I've seen a lot of preachers get up there just to dog the people that they're preaching to. Yes. And that's never a good idea. And it's foolish arguments. I, you know, uh, or, I, or you've heard pr- preachers back, oh, I really got them now. Mm-hmm. You know, I've, I really stepped I on them. I ripped them. I really ripped them. I ripped them. I what s- are you proud of? Yeah. You know, you silly. A good shepherd doesn't just beat and flog the sheep for nothing. Absolutely. And uh, um, I, I think that it is very important that we, uh, in, in preaching, especially, especially, uh, if a man does not have the the uh, character or even the the green light of an authority in his life, let's just say a young man who is not the lead pastor and doesn't have to deal with that is really walking a dangerous line. Mm-hmm. If he's going to deal with a particular issue of correction, one, go talk to the pastor, mm-hmm. get it cleared from the pastor. Hey, pastor, I feel led to preach this. This is okay. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, and then then go with it. If you have the pastor's well, support, that also speaks of you know uh, evangelists, or if you're going to another church, I don't think it's wise going over there and preaching standards, you know, or yeah. something that is could be on the line because you do that not is know. a foolish argument. Absolutely, you don't know what argument. that pastor says yeah. to his congregation. You don't know, yeah. and so you're not the pastor of that church. Well, in the, again, in the verse twenty three, Paul says is that we avoid foolish arguments because they breed strife. Mm-hmm. If the sermon does not breed repentance and edification, mm-hmm. but it breeds strife, Mm-mm. then where's it coming from? Absolutely. Because that is not that ain't coming from, from God. God. No. And, and Paul continues with, the, again, more about the quality of that person that's preparing that sermon. Right. And we're studying the Word to rightly divide the Word, and he continues in verse 24 that we're to be a gentle servant and not a quarreling brawler. Mm. Okay, gentle servant. Uh, verse 24 also says, be ready and skillful at, at instruction. Practice your skill. Practice in, in the way of, of bettering yourself. Absolutely. And uh, this is something that I've seen from a lot of preachers today that really makes me excited, is that I'm seeing a lot of younger ministers that are my age that are really perfecting their craft. Yeah. As in, they are really working on the English language, being correct in the way they speak, mm-hmm. being proper in the way they talk. And, and we'll talk about this a little bit more on the next episode on pulpit etiquette. Mm-hmm. But in the way you study, you know, <laughs> not using a lot of run-on sentences is mm-hmm. something that I have to deal with. Mm-hmm. You know, just being correct, understanding, because... If I knew I was going to be doing this <laughs> later on in life, I'd have paid attention a lot more in English class, <laughs> you know, in understanding literature. Uh, yes. Because that's something that is so valuable to me yeah. now is understanding the English language. Yeah. Because I don't want to go up there and sound uneducated. Right. Because if a preacher gets behind the pulpit and they sound uneducated, mm-hmm. then the people will not receive that as easily as someone who is educated. Now, that doesn't right. mean I'm up there sounding snobby mm-hmm. or trying to be mm-hmm. overly educated or sound that I am just so smart. <laughs> Trust me, I don't deal with that. <laughs> uh, but that's something that I've seen people yes, do. Yes. 
I, I, I'll tell you the story I heard about a preacher at a camp meeting one time that he was going to go preach a pretty good-sized camp meeting. And so he got in front of the mirror, and he was practicing his introduction. He was practicing these words. And I don't know if I can get them out correctly or not, but he was practicing these words. It is my inestimable privilege to be here at this camp meeting this year. It is my inestimable privilege. And wow. he practiced it. He, and he, got, he was so afraid about the word inestimable. Mm-hmm. Inestimable. So he says... It is my inestimable privilege, no privilege, and he couldn't get out the word <laughs> privilege. Uh, and, and got him. Here's here's the thing that coincides with what you're saying, is that a a, a, a person will readily receive a man of God who's humble mm-hmm. and flubs up the king's English, right? Than somebody who's arrogant and flubs up their heart. Absolutely, and and it comes across as that I'm better, that mm-hmm. I'm above. Absolutely. That you're second right. Now, listen to me. I'm going to tell you, you know, I have a few, and we'll get into this, I'm sure, in the uh, uh, the next episode on pulpit etiquette. But one of the one of my pet peeves is when a preacher tries to get people to respond by things like, you're not listening to me. What are you not think, hearing me? What do you think I'm doing? Yeah, I, you know, <laughs> am I just? I mean, am I not doing anything to you? <laughs> and so that insults the intelligence of his audience, Absolutely. at least most audiences. Now there'll be some people they think that's cool. Come mm-hmm. on, you know. But yeah, that's just a. Uh, but we'll get into that um, in our etiquette episode. <laughs> uh, again, continue with what Paul said in Second Timothy chapter two. There, this is what the this is what the scripture reads about the one that studies the word and delivers the word. The servant of the Lord must not strive, but be gentle unto all men, apt to teach, patient. Mm. Patient. Well, they didn't respond how I thought they would. They didn't say amen like I thought they would. I didn't get the altar call like I thought. Be patient. Verse 25, in meekness, instructing those that oppose themselves, if God preadventure will give them repentance to acknowledge to the acknowledging of the truth that they may recover themselves out of the snare of the devil who are taken captive by him at his will. Be patient and long-suffering that those that need to be recovered Mm -hmm. because God's long-suffering. Absolutely. You're not hearing me. I'm going to blast you. I'm going to tell you, you're going to, you know, you're going to split hell wide open. Mm -hmm. And, and I don't want to, I don't want to, I want to tell the truth that there is a hell. And be real about Absolutely. hellfire and brimstone, but also there is a heaven, mm-hmm. and the Bible says more about heaven yep. than it ever said about hell. Right. Absolutely. I think one thing that I need that I think that needs to be said. One thing that works for me. This is a personal thing for me. When I preach, like okay, so I just preached uh, Sunday. One way that helps me in the way that I speak and the way I prepare is I go back and listen to myself, mm-hmm. watch myself. Mm-hmm. How does that work? I see where I mess up. Mm-hmm. I flubbed up whenever I speak. Mm-hmm. So there's sometimes I get flustered. Yes, sir. And so I'll mess up all my words. Yes, okay, sir. that's where I messed up. I need to work need to on work the on way that. I speak. Yeah. But when I, when I say that, I mean, after you preach the word... There is time where you need to have patience. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that, what I do, I go up to people that I really trust. 
you know, you dad, I go to my wife. How'd I do? What did I do? Okay. Do, did I do it right? Mm-hmm. And this may not just be to the preacher. Yeah. This may be to the families of the sure. preacher. Watch what you say to the yes. preacher after he's preached. That is so very true. Because the preacher may not know it. Yeah. And you may not know this, but you're very vulnerable. Yes. At that time. Very vulnerable. The devil, let me say this, will try to attack you in that time. Absolutely. And test you and say, you did horrible. You were yeah. not in the will of God. You you did this. You did that. It was mm-hmm. so wrong. You need time to recuperate. Yeah. Because also, if you really preach, this is coming from me, when I preach my passion yeah. and what's coming out of me, it drains me. Absolutely. I am so tired yeah. after I preach because I... It just comes out of you. Right. And so you need that time. And then, you know, it's usually the next day that I can be like, okay, what did I do that wasn't good? Exactly. What did I do that was okay? Exactly. And that's when I can realize and really construct myself. I can't do it that night. I need time to recuperate. Recuperate. And, and, And I think it's a very, very valid point because after a man of God gets through preaching a message, that anointing lifts. Mm-hmm. And that's when it becomes very, uh, he becomes very susceptible to wrong voices. Absolutely. So I developed something in me, it may not work for everybody, but something I developed in me is that I realized that just what you said is very uh, much in play that can happen. And that is, and beat myself of it, the opposite is pride. Mm-hmm. Is the enemy comes in, well, you did good tonight. Look how awesome you are. Look how slick yeah, you are. Look at you. Yeah, look at you, you know? Yep. And so um, one of the things that is so necessary, and please, if you're not a minister and you're listening to this, please tell your 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 pastor, your associate pastor, your 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 youth pastor or evangelist or whoever that is as minister of the Word of God. I really enjoyed that. If it blessed you, tell them. Absolutely. Tell them because they need that. But I think for the man of God... For me, this is the way I've had to handle it. You know, I thought at first, oh, you're, oh that old thing. Oh man, I just pulled it uh, out of the closet. You, you know, you know. Uh, and the Lord rebuked me about that. Yep. And and so my my response is pat, but also it is passionate. Thank you. Mm-hmm. They come and say a compliment. Thank you. Or even if they come and say something negative, thank you. And give yourself that space that you talked about. And Absolutely. then talk to the people that really know you and go back and watch it and mm-hmm. listen to it. I think that that is a very uh, important thing because you want to improve. Absolutely. You want to get better. Absolutely. And you always need to make that distinction between pride and, ooh, I did good tonight, so mm-hmm. I'm going to watch myself mm-hmm. because, you know, I get to see how good I looked or, you know, my suit was just all, yeah. I was looking all good. That's not that's not the instance, you know. It was saying, <laughs> I'm looking for where I'm messing up. Yeah. And when I don't look great. <laughs> and so, you know, I think it's wise for every minister to constructively criticize themselves. Yeah. And it is also important to have a if you're married, if your wife is is lovingly honest with you mm-hmm. and kind, uh that will tell you the truth. Because <laughs> yeah, there's some instances that my <laughs> wife's like, oh, you, you honestly did really good. And then I'll come up to her another time and be like, how good did I, did I do okay tonight? Yeah. It was okay. I will tell you a story. There's uh, uh, one of my dear friends uh, that we evangelized for was um, 
Brother Bobby Tidwell, pastored mm-hmm. in Osceola, Arkansas. Brother Tidwell, I, I say his name because I love him, and he was one of the most dynamic preachers you ever want to be around. He had um, about a 15 to 20-minute start period that you're thinking, what's happening here? Yeah. But by the time he gets through, he's rung you out Absolutely. and fed your soul. Mm-hmm. He said he was preaching one time, and his lovely wife, he's talking to his wife, said, said, honey, what did you think about my message? And she said, that was a warm message. That was a real <laughs> warm message. And so he went and looked up. He said he looked in the dictionary. What does warm mean? Not too hot. <laughs> Not too hot But I do think it's important to have people that love you And will be honest with you uh, That's not here to tear you down But I still but think it you. needs that time Absolutely, You need that time to recuperate Because Absolutely. if I'm told something that Constructively criticism, it could be You know, it could really be something that would help me But and if I receive it right after I preach I'm not going to receive it very well And that's just me personally Sure, That may not be the same sure. for everybody Everybody's different But for me, if if I'm to be corrected after I preach, it needs to be a while because <laughs> I'm not going to be in a great mood, you know, mm-hmm. or I might be susceptible. You're vulnerable. To, I'm vulnerable. Yeah. You're vulnerable at that point. I know that one thing I do ask my wife uh, after a message, especially if it's pastoral and it has to deal with, with sensitive issues, is I'll ask this question, was I clear? Mm. I'm not looking for compliment. I'm not looking for rebuke. Was I clear? Uh-huh. Could people understand what I was saying? Absolutely. Because it was something that needed to be stressed. Absolutely. I want to talk to you, uh, kind, of, kind of shifting from this, I want to talk to you about developing, for me, developing a good systematic study approach. Finding ways. How, do you, how, does, how does that sermon thought come to you, David? Just right. show with the, what, what, give, give our audience just a quick bird's eye view of how how do you get the text, or mm-hmm. how do you, do you does the thought come, or the text come first, right. or, or is it both? How does that work for you? So for me, it's uh, multiple ways. It could be me sitting in, you know, service and hearing a preacher preach something. Maybe a verse is going to stand out to me while he's preaching. Mm-hmm. I say, "Ooh, I'm going." God's giving me. He's saying I, something to me through that. Yeah. Or it could be the idea behind that man's sermon mm-hmm. that I'd be like, I'm I'm gonna work off that. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not that I'm preaching his words. Sure. But I'm studying that. Uh the major one for me though, it's through my music. <laughs> and so I and that's where I have to watch what I listen to. Yeah. Because <laughs> if God moves through music, yeah, you know So can the devil. So can the devil. And right. so you really and that's what I've realized. And so yeah. I really make sure what I'm listening to, because God has spoken to me through so many different songs mm-hmm. that that impacts me. Yeah. And so I need to realize if I'm impacted through that, I need to watch out. What's your diet of what you're listening to? Absolutely. Makes, makes and you know, important. you can listen to so many different genres, but a lot, you know, whatever. But those are kind of the main things. And another one is uh, just reading. Yeah. Reading great, great authors. You know, Charles Spurgeon, C.S. Lewis, Gene yeah. Edwards. There are just so many out there yeah. that you can catch a glimpse off of something and feel a tug. I know, you, I know you brought some things you wanted to talk about as far as some of the authors that you're reading and how they impact you in different books and things like that. Yeah. yeah. Sh- share a little bit so, with that. So you, you get authors like uh, Charles Spurgeon. 
the man was a master at his craft. Yes, he was. I read uh, a something on a kind of little autobiography by Charles Spurgeon that says when he died, mm-hmm. that he had over 12,000 books in his library, in his own personal library. Wow. The man would read over six books a week. Wow. And <laughs> just, you know, it's just things like that that interest me. Yeah. Because yeah. he was so relatable in the way, but he was so educated at the same way. Right. And so that's something that I grab from Charles Spurgeon. So it's things that I see, just like I would see in a man of God. Right. Things that I see through his writings that I want to pick up for myself. Right. I want to be as studious as Charles Spurgeon was. Stuff like that, because that's really attractive to me, and I want to use that to my craft. Another thing is C.S. Lewis. Yeah. The way that he can write... Oh my. Is so wonderful. Yeah. It's educated, but it paints a picture. You know, uh, books like Mere Christianity, e- uh, you know, even like the Narnia series, it just paints such a vivid picture that right. it, it's great. I even sometimes step out of, uh, you know, like uh, standard spirituality reading, mm-hmm. and I'll read stuff like The Lord of the Rings by J.R.R. Tolkien. Mm-hmm. Uh, the reason being, is because I want to have that ability that, uh, and this is just me personally, whenever I preach, I love preaching through stories. Mm-hmm. So as in taking a story in the Bible and really dissecting it and l- almost like living it out, preaching it as you're living it out. And so through the readings of stuff like Lord of the Rings mm-hmm. that paints, you can just see it when yeah. you read it. You just see it. Yeah. And so that's something that I've wanted to implement in myself, that whenever I'm speaking and preaching, that people just see it. They could just, it's like they're there. And so it's different things like that, that I've wanted to take apart and implement in the things that I do. I think that's awesome and fantastic uh, when you, uh, I think that no preacher is worth his salt if he's not going to be a reader. Oh, absolutely. He's going to read. And, and what's so funny is I've hated reading for the longest time. <laughs> I hated to read. Yeah. And there's still some days where I don't like it. No. But if I'm going to be excellent in what God has called me to be, yeah. I'm willing to do that because God's called me for it. Speaking of Charles Spurgeon, uh, there are there are a lot of really good books available that he oh, has. Oh, my goodness. But I'm, a, I'm going to uh, offer one that uh, I know I have it on my um, iTunes books, uh, Lectures to My Students. It's only a, hand, only a handful of dollars. I don't remember. Mm-hmm. It was very cheap to get. But uh, it, it it is incredible, some of the things that he says. And um, uh, just just talking, let me, let me give you just a quick line. This is, this is on Lectures to My Sermon, uh, Lectures to My Students, Sermons That Matter. Quote, sermons should have real teaching in them, and their doctrine should be solid, substantial, and abundant. We do not enter the pulpit to talk for talk's sake. We have instructions to convey important to the last degree, mm-hmm. and we cannot afford to utter petty nothings. It's just stuff like that. If, you, if that kind of stuff gets in, in, your, in your spirit, that's, it's, it's, it's really cool, at Absolutely. least uh, for me. Uh, I appreciate uh, 
that idea of concept for for reading. And I think that's a lot comes in from the story behind the authors. Mm-hmm. You know, somebody like C.S. Lewis really stands out to me because the man was an atheist. Yeah, that became a Christian. So a book like Mere Christianity mm-hmm. that talks about his walk from atheism to Christianity stands out to me so much. Yeah. You know, and that's really one of the first books that I picked up that I really dove deep into mm-hmm. because it just stood out to me so much. And for me, I know some people really like having, you know, Kindle reading on their phone or iPads yeah. or whatever does not work for me. It works for me. Does not work for <laughs> me at all. I have got to have the copy of the yeah. book in my hand yeah. because I'm a note taker of the book. Yeah. All my books have got scribbles in them. They've got lines yes. in them. They've got highlights. That's what works for me. See, that is what you call systematic study. Absolutely. Things that work for you. For me, I had rather read a book on my iPad Mm -hmm. because I use a a, a particular note. I I use Evernote. I am... Right. I've been using it for years, so I got grandfathered into the cheap Mm -hmm. price. And I use Evernote. And the books that I read, I highlight and I copy and paste into my Evernote Mm-hmm. So it becomes searchable with everything else that I have. And so I, I it, it, and not only will I copy and paste, but then I'll make my own notes there. Right. And I can go back and go back through that and it's highlighted. It's there for me. So that's just, mm-hmm. that's another thing that, you know, is about systematic reproach approach to study. So with that, what are some programs that, that you use? Because okay. technology, like I, like we said earlier, Y'all, we are living in the heyday for preachers. We need to take advantage of that. There are so many tools that (laughs) you have no excuse to Mm. not be a studious preacher and a minister of the gospel because there are so many tools Mm -hmm. at hand. With that and with technology, I thank God for technology every day because it is such a blessing to have all these resources Mm -hmm. in such a small package. Absolutely. You can carry it with me. Now, for me... Uh, a good study system is vital to maintain your notes, mm-hmm. your research, right. your information. Right. And I have different levels. Absolutely. I have different levels. That, yeah. yeah. Okay. I get a quick thought. I can punch my phone and say, make a note. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And my quick thoughts go into my uh, iTunes note app. Same for me. And then m- next, I'll break that down into the study uh, part of that. And I'll... I'll begin to break that into a certain area. But all all of my research, all of my research, my study mainly goes into my Evernote. Because I have all, I have... Years and years and I've years. I've got years worth. and years that I've worked on that. I've got right. know, over 2,000 notes oh my in my Evernote. And the thing that I like about them is that they can be tagged. Mm-hmm. The searches are phenomenal. Yes, they are. And you can you can get a clipper on your uh, mm-hmm. internet browser. You get something, you clip it, and it puts it right into it. Right. Then that becomes searchable. Then you also have, if you're a writer, mm-hmm. you have uh, the uh, the information to do a footnote. Right. Uh, to do your research. And so for me, it is it has become an extensive part. Absolutely. I also put my sermon notes in there, mm-hmm. so they become searchable. Right. And then, I, uh, I think with that, because, you know, and for me personally, it's hard for something like, you know, Evernote, because it seems like it could be pricey uh-huh. with that. But then you realize it's an investment into your craft, yes. because... 
<laughs> just like in any other hobby, mm-hmm. any other job, you would invest in something <laughs> that you could do it well. Right. You walk out of a bookstore with $500 worth of books and people think you're crazy. No. It's an I'm investment. I'm working on my craft just like a a, a, a good carpenter is going to go buy a good saw. Absolutely. He's going to go buy a good tool. And so you work on that. You're talking about the apps. I use Evernote. Another good one is Notability. Mm-hmm. It's really good in some functions. For, for me, it's for writing. Right. It, it, here's what I do. I use Notability to take notes while somebody else is preaching. Absolutely. So I use that um, OneNote. Uh, it's a free Microsoft that we use on both platforms. It's good. Uh, I use it for certain things, not as much uh, in, 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 in study, but in just keeping information. Right. But, uh, you know, another good one is Dropbox Pages. Yeah. Or Paper, rather. Mm-hmm. Dropbox Paper. Right. It's a really good thing mm-hmm. that you could use for keeping your notes together and, of course, your your Word documents and things of that nature that become searchable. I think it's good, David, in preparing, be, being kind of regimented with having a process. Absolutely. That you go through. Right. To get... And that's something that takes time to work on. I'm still working on it. Absolutely. I'm Absolutely. still working on that. I think it's kind of fun almost. <laughs> it <laughs> is. Because you is. get to work on your... You work on your craft, but you also are, are saying, okay, that's a really cool app. I think I'll use that. But the danger is getting to the place like every brand new app that comes out until all of a sudden you spend more time yeah. on the app than you do right. the study. Get yeah. something that works for you right. and stay with it. So do you have a specific Bible program that you like to use? Oh, man. Yes, I do. Because that's something that I've learned yeah. to really invest in. Um, I love Logos. Mm-hmm. That's what I use is Logos. There's quite a few others out there. There's two primary ones that I use. As a matter of fact, I got Logos opened on my iPad right now as we're doing this this episode. But I love Logos. Uh, it is expensive. Right. It's investment. But they are really, really good to work with. Worth they it. have great customer service. Right. And I love Logos. The other one is free, and it's awesome. And that is... Uh, Oh my, the sword! What e sword? Oh my goodness! That, I've E-sword. got that one pulled up. Yeah, that that is to me. It's revolutionized the way I can study the Bible. And they got great, great references. Oh my goodness! Free. You can references literally in just one page. I've got the Bible, which I I can even you know compare. So I've got mm-hmm. it in the King James, ESV, NIV, whatever I want. Whatever. Yeah. All right next to each other. Then I can have the commentary, and I could pick through a lot of commentaries that you've downloaded. And then you can have reference books that are (laughs) downloaded into that. So I can see someone like Spurgeon's writing on this or on that, you know, somewhere like on the attributes of God or whatever, all right here in one program. That's free. Come on now. It's free. You can't, you can't beat that. The thing of it is, is that if you want to get to that level and you want to get to that level of study, it takes not just also money investment. It takes time investment absolutely to learn how to do that. I, the reason I use Logos is that I've been using Logos since uh, probably 2003, 2004, mm-hmm. and um, I become familiar with it. I love the the Mac version. That's what I use primarily. Right. Uh, but uh, I have it on my phone. I could have it on my iPad. I love that. But eSword. Mm. Dynamic. It's also available on your iPad. Yes, it is. And it's really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know some people may not like the look of it, 
big deal. You'll get over it's it. It's free. Absolutely. And uh, their Accordance is another good Accordance one. Accordance is a really good one. I've used that quite a bit because it's a connection with, you know, Strong's. Yeah. Uh, Accordance, it's, it's, you know. It's a good. It's a good one. It's a good program. And matter of fact, we'll put some of the links down there. Absolutely. On uh, reference tools. You, For instance, uh, I'll tell you one very grudgingly, but one of my favorite ones, don't want the word to get out there too far, is Precept Austin. Precept Austin is one of the most dynamic study sites, free, mm. Di- dynamic. Uh, a lot of them, what that guy has done, what they have done is like you're studying a verse, and they have put everything together, like on the on the Greek word, on this particular ver- word, and they'll have clips from all these different Greek scholars Come on in now. one place. That's cheating. Oh, man, it's awesome. That's cheating. Uh, we'll get some of these links up there for you. In uh, talking about getting a process, dear 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 man of God, preacher, find a process that works for you, mm-hmm. and work on that, and continue to work on that. It's a flow. It's a flow. Learning, learning to let the gift also operate in you, right? Uh, and and see what God will do. So, so we need a good system of right. study. So with that, what are some commentaries that you like to work through? Because. Ooh. You know, we we we're, we're going to dive deep on some materials because I feel like, you know, us preachers need to equip other preachers as well. Well, I have to be upfront and honest and real. Partly with you. part, uh, partly, partly personal. personal. My my number one commentator uh-huh. is Bishop M. L. Walls. Oh my goodness, Walls. He, <sighs> matter of fact, he's got every New Testament book now. Get You're looking for an apostolic resource? Get him. Go to Amazon. You can download it there, or you can buy it. And Absolutely. if you're like me, download it. If you're like David, buy, buy the book. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, which which I have both. But I, I was speaking of that. Uh, speaking of his commentaries, one thing that always works for me in the way I sit. So uh, one thing that I was really blessed with is that I got my grandfather Gill's desk. Mm-hmm. And so with the desk, it's got two two pullout sections next to the chairs that I can literally just sit books on. <laughs> so then right in front of me, I have my computer. I need a picture of that from Grace sometime. It is chaotic, I but it works for me. I've got my laptop in front of me. I've got uh, Josephus <laughs> on my left side, uh-huh. writings from Josephus. I've got Papa's commentaries on my right side. Uh-huh. In the middle somewhere, I have a book called A to Z in the Bible okay. that's got every topic in there. And then usually I either have like a book by Spurgeon or, you know, Book by C.S. Lewis Gene or Edwards. whatever. Gene, oh, come on now. I could talk about Gene Edwards. Or, you know, just something like that. Or, yeah. you know, Dr. Tony Evans' commentaries. Just another book that I'm always working It's yeah. chaos, but, man, it works for me. Yeah. And uh, the exciting thing about commentaries is that they are sermon supporters, mm-hmm. but the Bible is the sermon builder. Okay? They can help support... And I love the way that they break it down. Yeah, and they they can open up your eyes and say to see things differently. Mm-hmm. If you're like me, you, you know, commentaries help open my eyes. My two uh, uh, favorite commentaries that I have on my shelf uh, um, is uh, Adam Clark mm-hmm. and uh, Matt, Matthew Henry. Right, I enjoy those very much, and there are many others right. out there. For me personally, I love the pulpit commentaries. Oh, that's pretty intensive. Yeah, and what's crazy? It's on eSword. Free, free. Yeah. Come on, y'all. <laughs> pulpit commentaries is on eSword. Get it, get it. Uh, 
if I if I could, I talked about the the systematic study. And we've been talking about this. I want to talk about also something else that's important: sermon prep, and that's the process for study. And mm-hmm. there's three things that come to me that are very important in establishing a process of mm-hmm. study, and that is number one: set the atmosphere. What you said about your books. Yep. What you said about how you laid it out and mm-hmm. all of that. What you were to- what you were really saying. I'm setting my atmosphere mm-hmm. for my study. Absolutely. And I think that that's very important for me. I'm going to get open up my computer. I have a large screen in my office where I can open multiple windows, mm-hmm. and I've got everything spread out there. Right. So I'm basically doing the same thing. Just it's cleaner it's, and more. Isn't, more. It, isn't it funny <laughs> that the old guy is doing the techie stuff? And the young guy hey, is doing the book stuff. You know, I, I'm yeah, cool. That, you are cool <laughs> like cool. that. But it's set, it's how you set the atmosphere. Is is the atmosphere conducive for learning? And what's crazy is one thing that I think is funny about that as well is that you need it to be silent. You yeah, need the room to be quiet. silent. I want soft music. I am the complete like opposite. Y'all, I've got to have it loud. I've got to have it banging. <laughs> it's got to be bumping in my office. I'm serious. <laughs> You know, it's got to be loud. And like I said, if it's, you know, the song that spoke to me, that song is on repeat. Yeah. Come on. It's going. It's going. It's going. You know and what? it's got to be loud. <laughs> that goes back to your childhood because you would get a, a song that you love. I am the love. master of replay. <laughs> the song that you love, you had to listen it over. We have driven from <laughs> from uh, Kentucky to West Virginia with one song. Hey. And uh, that's exciting. <laughs> it's a bop. It's a bop. But... You're, what you're doing, what you're saying is you set the atmosphere. There are some people that go into Starbucks, sets the atmosphere for them. I can't understand that because yeah. that doesn't work for me. Right. But some, that's, where's the atmosphere the best that is most conducive for you to learn? What's an atmosphere that does not breed distractions? Yes. That's for me. Yes. Because even though I like it loud or playing music or whatever, most of the times my phone's off. Yeah. You know? Exactly. Because I'm... I know myself, I'm going to find myself wanting a moment, you know, what's going on Facebook? You know, Mm -hmm. what's going on Instagram? And you get down a rabbit hole. Absolutely. And then I realize I just spent, you know, five, ten minutes on social media when I'm supposed to be studying. And so then you realize I got to shut everything off. It's just me and God. And that goes to the second point of, you know, first of all, set in an atmosphere. Number two is just get prepared to study. Make sure that all your books are there. Mm-hmm. Make sure that your study aids are right there at your fingertips. Your note, your pad, your pen, your, your absolutely. You know, your computer is ready. And and again, be organized. Remove distractions. Right. Uh, I love the fact that you can make do not disturb on your computer, Whew. and it turns off all notifications. Uh-huh. Um, better still, turn off your phone. Right. You know, that's that's what you were talking about. So mm-hmm. I think it's important to have a systematic approach to study, but also the process is important as well. Absolutely. Getting alone with God. And so, you know, these are things I hope will mm-hmm. help our listeners. It helps us. This it, is just we're not who we perfect, are. but no. this is our opinions. Yep. You know, this is some stuff that we've even gotten off of other people. Yes, you know, absolutely. And so it's all about perfecting the craft. And doing what God has called us to mm-hmm. do with excellence, you know, we strive for, for sorry, we strive for perfection. There you go. But we land on excellence. Wasn't that perfect? Oh man, man that was just super. I love so, how that happened, right y'all? There. I'm gonna listen to this again. I'm gonna listen to this episode, strive. and I'm gonna get my, mad at myself right there. <laughs> hey, 
you know what? That just makes it so much more interesting. I think the human. Thank you all. <laughs> Good night. <laughs> <laughs> and we're done. Yep. <laughs> uh, well, it, it has been a great uh, time talking about this, and we appreciate you listening tonight. And we trust that that some of these uh, discussions have been good to help you. Maybe you got some ideas. Mm-hmm. Let us know. Send us a note. Absolutely. Uh, we'll be putting some links in our uh, show notes for you. Uh, hopefully, that'll be a help to you. Also, look forward to the next podcast. The next podcast, we're going to be talking about the preacher and pulpit etiquette and going to be having a special guest with us, none other than my lovely wife. Uh, Sister Faith Gill. She's, she's going to be with us, mm-hmm. and she's going to be talking about the perspective from the pew. Right. This is going to be just an interesting addition to how to study the Bible, and then we're talking about how to prepare a good sermon next week, uh, next time. We're it's all be about, about perfecting the craft and yes. doing what God has called us to do And with bringing excellence. glory to God mm-hmm. and doing our very best. Right. Amen. Thank you for listening tonight to Kingdom Link Podcast. We're so glad that you joined us. Uh, each uh, first and third Thursday of the month, we try to download a, a new uh, podcast for you. Thank you for subscribing. Thank you for reviewing. Thank you for sharing and leaving comments. We certainly appreciate them. All of your subscriptions and reviews help us build and grow to reach a more uh, wide open audience. And that's the goal today is to bridge the gap between generational leaders and ministers. So, David, it's great to be with you again. Look forward to the next time. Thank you for being with us on this podcast. Uh, Remember, here at Kingdom Link, leadership only matters if it is passed on. So let's go pass it on. Mm